I probably have 30 kids up there and a mother bear and her three cubs are running directly at them. Do you have more pictures of your goats than yourself on your phone? Does your vacation time get spent attending goat shows? Can you have a conversation without bringing up dairy goats? Neither can we. So join us as we talk to the country's best breeders, judges, appraisers, and industry experts about all things dairy goats. We are John Kane and Danielle Caroli. Welcome to Ringside, an American Dairy Goat podcast. What's up, everyone, and welcome to Ringside. I'm John, and as always, I'm joined by everybody's favorite cat lady, Danielle Caroli. What's going on, John? Nothing much. It's it's just the same old, same old here. We're like a week or so out from breeding our first doe for the fall, and we'll kind of hit the ground running there. But right now, we're we're focusing on a little bit of barn maintenance, a little bit of buck maintenance, and uh, just getting everybody ready for breeding season. How about you? Oh, well, <laughs> I am laughing because last week I spoke about plans for my breeding season. Mm-hmm. Not happening. I am currently waiting for PG 600 that is back ordered. And I'm a little nervous to put cedars in without PG 600. So my late February babies are now looking like sometime in March babies. And so that's fun because I think for the does that I really need to cedar, I do want to have that PG 600 for them. So you do know that goats can get bred without drugs, right? Yeah. Oh, I am a hundred percent aware of how these things work. However, I need to start, like, I have problem children, like, they need to get bred, and I just want to make sure all is good and copacetic with them. Plus, the problem children need to be, or at least one of the problem children, need need to be taken to another farm, and that just can't happen on any given day. So, things okay. need to be in motion for this all to happen. So fair, fair enough. Fair enough. Well, I hope that comes in sooner rather than later. It's too bad. You don't know any farmers that might have some on hand. I mean, if I get desperate, I'm sure I can make calls, but I have because I was an idiot and didn't really check my cart when I was ordering the drugs. I have two bottles coming for me. There's only so much I need and I really don't need two bottles of PG 600. So we'll see. It'll be fine. Yeah. yeah, It'll all work out in the end. Uh, Danielle, nothing crazy going on here or in Adga land. I do want to mention for those that are going to convention that they are officially selling the Adga chocolate medallions that everybody saw at nationals and enjoyed. And you can buy some of those, or or I should say, order some of those for when you arrive at convention, when you register 
for convention, 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 convention. Uh, and all the money raised uh, allows us to represent our industry and provide more dairy goats education to the public as per the uh, publicity committee's post that they made. So if you want some of those awesome chocolates, maybe order like 10 or so, eat five, save five in the freezer for later, and you're going to convention, go ahead and order some of those. And besides that, I don't think there's not too much to talk about. The Spotlight Sale website is up to date and all of those animals are now listed on that spotlight sale page for the convention i don't think we mentioned that yet but that was pretty cool to see all of those animals and i guess a slight teaser we will be talking about all of those animals coming up in the next couple of weeks crazily yeah enough. we've talked to probably about a quarter of the uh breeders so far and we've got a bunch more to go and yeah it's just super exciting to talk to them to listen to their stories and i can't wait to present them to our listeners exactly danielle today we are joined by kelly foreman of kodiak goat dairy in alaska yes you heard that right alaska this ex-corn husker from central nebraska now calls kodiak alaska her home where her and her family raise dairy goats, cows, pigs, sheep, and everything in between. Join us as we discover how Kelly got to Alaska, how she got back into dairy goats, and the trials and tribulations of farming in Alaska. Welcome to the show, Kelly Foreman. Thank you so much. It's awesome to have you here. I've discovered you on Instagram, of all things, and your story is amazing. Your family is amazing. I love watching your stories on Instagram, but for those that have not seen you on there, could you kind of give us your story of who you are, how you ended up in Alaska, and everything in between? Yeah, absolutely. I love how you say ex corn husker. Holy moly, my parents are probably like, "Come on!" No, I uh, <laughs> born and raised Nebraskan, um, as is my husband. But we've been now in Kodiak, Alaska, about twenty years, I guess. So, um, a long, a long time. Um, never intended to leave Nebraska originally, but through a, a series of events was able to um, come up to Kodiak. I worked as a summer day camp counselor at a Christian day camp. It was Kodiak Baptist Mission. And when I was finishing up my college internship, um, I had really no desire to continue on with farming, um, with goats, with anything um, so much. And I was like, Kodiak's a great place to go um, that's not Nebraska. And um, <laughs> I came up, finished up my college internship. And then um, now I actually, my day job, I'm the assistant executive director at Kodiak Baptist Mission. And so we run a lot of different kid programs and community events. I mean, our our facility here holds a bunch of different things. Um, but I, as I was nearing in on, ha you know, I was having my, I started having kids. I have a 13, 11 and seven year old, all three boys right now. And you know, I felt like, gosh, what's the very best way to help my kids grow into responsible young men and to be able to help other kids? And um, farming was a uh, 
what I came back to. And um, while we didn't have anything here, I Kodiak can be a tricky place. I reached out to the only other person I knew on the island that I had goats. And I was like, hey, can I buy a couple of goats from you? And she's like, absolutely not. No, I do not do that. And I was like, ah, okay. And I kind of kept after it for a little bit. And I had grown up. My mom raised registered Toggenberg goats. And we went to all sorts of shows as kids. And, you know, we're really big in 4-H. And I, I mean, I knew goats. So finally, she said, you know what? I'll help you fly over a couple mini Nubians. So wait, I was like, okay. Wait, 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 wait. <laughs> she wouldn't sell you any, but she would help you fly she some She'd help me fly some in. Fly some in. So we found a, a, a somebody. She knew somebody on the mainland, and my first two little goats came by air in cargo, and um, miniature Nubian goats, and it kind of went nuts after that. Um, and I fell right into, you know, you can't just have a couple of goats, and no. um, just began adding up all those things, whether all the farming things. And, um, now it's been about now about, about five years. I, um, began and own and operate the only grade A certified goat dairy in the state of Alaska. And so we, uh, I have, um, a small little micro dairy here and produce, um, at one point we were producing a lot of fluid milk, chocolate, strawberry, plain. I was doing about 25 different flavors of ice cream and cheese. Um, I have definitely parred back on those things to be a little bit more sustainable and focus in a lot more on cheese now. But, you know, we are, we're a remote disconnected island where over 95% of everything is either flown in or brought by boat. Food insecurity is huge. Um, I like to think that we help provide a little bit of more, a little bit more security. I'm a huge goat fan because of that um, universal milk. You know, and if, if we had a huge catastrophe, that, that goat milk could serve a lot of, of people. They have such a light footprint and being such a wet climate, you can have goats. And just you guys know, I, I probably don't need to tell anybody just how incredible <laughs> goats are on this podcast. I sometimes, I, I honestly end up um, like pleading my case as to why goats are are the best frequently. But anyway, so yeah, we we are pretty deep in the goat world here and farming and it's just fits kind of odd. We overlook the ocean and our, yeah, we are just, we're making it here in Kodiak. So you said like five years ago is when you got the goats to begin with. Are you still like mainly mini Nubians or have you expanded to different Yeah, breeds? no. So uh, the goats came about 10 years and then the oh, okay. dairy about five years. But I quickly realized, you know, we had Toggenbergs, but I thought, oh, you know, I really want to go smaller. I realized I don't want to go smaller. They hurt my back a lot. And um, I <laughs> quickly... Uh, began to shift to Nubians and Sonnens and then Snubians, of course, because they just are just fantastic. I brought in this year, I never, I said I would never do it, but I brought in a little La Mancha buck. So we'll be adding him into the herd uh, this year and switching a few things up. So uh, not so many small goats anymore <laughs> definitely but moved up you went it's, to the big ones for sure 
Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, and I love, I love my Snoobians. So I totally understand that cross and that love as Gosh, well. Great. Yeah. How many, we won't, as we always shy away from on this podcast, we won't ask you how many goats you have on your property, but can you give us an idea? And again, rough numbers are fine. We understand goat math. Yeah. Um, but how many are you milking at a oh, time? You guys are my people. You like, so get it. Just, <laughs> it just, just makes my day uh, right now. So um, at max, max season, I'll, I'll be milking about 30. Right now I'm at 15 that I'm, I'm milking um, right now. And I, you know, I do it by myself. And so it's, it's, it, and my boys get in on a lot of it to, um, and so we do everything to start all the way to finish. So, you know, a lot of dairies, they would milk goats and then they would transport their milk to another facility to process it. Well, we're the processor, we're the labeler, we're the distributor, um, as well as the milkers. And so I, I'm doing my best to, you know, with, with growing kids and other things as well to make it that I can maintain a, maintain a crew there. Yeah. And I'm sure your days are just jam packed. I mean, I say that like I don't know, but I've seen your Instagram stories. They're jam packed. Uh, can can you tell us about like how you kind of got your operation going and also like the products that are, you are uh, selling throughout the community? Yeah. You know, I I, I guess I'm I, I'm glad that I didn't know everything that was entailed in starting a dairy, a grade A dairy when I got into, into it. Um, it's, it's small, but, but I have to follow every single regulation that a ginormous Wisconsin cow dairy has to follow. Obviously it's on a smaller scale, but you know, my goats have the, I always say the lap of luxury, you know, that they get to hang out in all day, but you know, we had to create that holding pin before we milk that milk parlor that, you know, is a separate location too. milk house. That's right next door where all of my, um, bucket milkers are. I bucket milk. I don't have a pipeline. I opted to not being on, the, on a disconnected remote Island means we do not have people to fix things. Right. And I just didn't want the, the difficulty of having to deal with with trying to fix things. So that milk parlor, and then I just go right around the corner to my processing uh, spot. And that's where, you know, my holding tank couples as my processing vat. And then I, you know, another day I'll be making cheese there. I found it was micro dairy designs and they're out of Pennsylvania and they just were so fantastic at helping. You know, they always say they're trying to make it possible for little folks like me to be able to do things at a, as a reason, at a reasonable scale. That's our, that's our, 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 you know, the process area. And right now I'm really focusing in on, I make a lot of feta cheese and skier is a huge deal for us. And, um, that's a, a big, big crowd favorite in Kodiak. And then I'll do, uh, fluid milk. I couldn't help but notice that recently you had an inspection Oh, on yeah. your property and I could tell there was a little bit of frustration there <laughs> uh, <laughs> did you survive okay from that <laughs> I am so over the FDA it's interesting so Alaska um, has recently adopted a, a raw milk 
certificate or a raw milk certification as well. So I'm grade A right now. Now there's this other, there's this other side, which honestly, honestly makes me less, uh, I don't want to say scared. I'm not scared of them, but all the regulatory systems in place under a different circumstance, you wouldn't have to have all those folks come. FDA is interesting. They're, they're really used to these large, large scale. And mm-hmm. so um, like every day I have to do an antibiotic residue testing, which is just the most ridiculous thing because I know, because I'm the only one here, if, if I would have any antibiotics in my herd and there's, you know, I, I don't have to mark the goats. They, I, oh, that's, you know, Ponyo over here. And I gave her some antibiotics. If I, if that ever happened, well, I would know. However, right. you know, the lady, the lady's like, what do you do with the, with the product? You know, the, or she didn't even call the goats goats. I don't remember. I was so frustrated. I was like, these are like my friends. Like we're, <laughs> this is anyway, it was, and it was hard for her to understand the small scale you know, of things. And, um, anyway, it was fine. We, we made it through everything was, was good. I think her most, her hardest thing was I had a hose hooked up and I was like, so if I just unscrew this hose, are we good? And she's like, uh, I, I guess. And I was like, okay, I'll go ahead and do that. So (laughs) I'm sure it's, it's quite frustrating, frustrating. I know we have a couple producers here, uh, in New York, one of them, being my uh, cousin and and yeah she she can be uh pretty frustrated with the whole process too so it's not surprising that it happens over there as well yeah i think it might be universal with all of us <laughs> oh I, I think it is and now i kind of want to ask about those products so are you where is your market is it solely on kodiak or how does that work with everything you're making the milk the cheeses and the uh skier so i originally started thinking that i would go off island however when when you do that that means you're gonna be everything's gonna be taking a plane ride to to the mainland which adds a really interesting caveat to it all um an expense level um so right now i am really doing my best to focus in on kodiak what do we need here? What's the what's the best way that I can serve this island community, um, and 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 buckle down buckle down in that that capacity? Um, you know, the, the, this is where I struggle, and I want to stay so positive, but it is really tricky, and I that's why I want to always encourage folks that if you have the capacity to provide milk for your family or to have something that's that's local to, to really do it because it, it gets harder. The larger you get like, a, um, the airline that flies in, I, I was having a tricky time because I'd pay this extra amount to gold streak, my product to make sure it was going to make it to the mainland, you know, cause you have a, a product that only has so, so long. I low temp pasteurized my milk, which means it does not have as long of a shelf life. And I, you know, I went to one of the higher up officials and I was like, Hey, what can, what can we do here to be able to, to guarantee that my milk gets on and, you know, my products get on this airplane that I'm, I'm paying for over some of this hunting gear. That's just going back home mm-hmm. to the lower 48. Yeah. And they looked at me and they're like, we can't do anything. We will always bump your products for our customers hunting gear. And, and it's like, okay, okay. I'm super glad that we know where we all stand. And so for me at this point until local Alaskan agriculture becomes a priority. I want to really focus in on 
my island, the community that I can, the best that I can. So that's where we're at. How many people live on Kodiak or, you know, what does that population look like? And then also when you're talking about that airplane ride back to the mainland, how long is that ride to just for all of us who have no kind of connection? We have about 13,000 people on the entire island of Kodiak. Now that includes our seven rural villages. So that would either be from Kodiak, another plane or boat ride. You can't get there by by car. Um, we have 100 miles of road on the entire island. And I can drive from one end of the island to the other. I can drive the entirety of the road and, and still make it at home for lunch. That also then includes, we have the largest Coast Guard base in the nation. And so they kind of have another, they're out of town just a little bit further, but there's, you know, a a Coast Guard base in Kodiak. For us, it's either to get to Kodiak, it is a one hour plane ride. And for us, that one, that's the expensive part in Kodiak. So it can cost about anywhere from three to $400 for that one hour plane ride round trip, which can get, you know, just anyway, or you would could drive from Anchorage to Homer, which is about a five hour drive. And then you get on a 12 hour ferry ride, boat ride to Kodiak. So like right. if I'm going to, I, I, did, I brought a couple of large goats over and I had my husband pick them up on the mainland in Wasilla. So he had to pick them up on the mainland. That's a six hour drive because you get through a six hour drive then to Homer. And then he had to hop on the ferry for 12 hours with them to get them to Kodiak. Wow. So that's, our, that's our trip out here. Well, and that kind of like moves right into the next quest- question, which is, you know, obviously, like you're saying, Alaska's pretty secluded. Like, Say, say you did want to add new genetics into your herd. How difficult of a process is that to go to the mainland. I mean, obviously, you know, the ferry ride and everything is, is long, but are there certain steps you have to go through to get those animals from the lower 48 up to Alaska? Yeah, it's tricky. Um, we had a big, and I'm not, I'm so disconnected and I feel bad. I should barely know more. We had a big deal with Imovi and, um, a they were really concerned that our domestic goats here were going to be passing something on to the wild goats and sheep. Mm-hmm. That that has subsided. However, it makes it really difficult to get anything over the Canadian border to Alaska. Um, it, just all the border situations become really hard, um, and so that that that's tricky. I work a lot with a couple of folks on the mainland, and so for me, it works better to know that they have clean herds. And, you know, clean and credited herds. And then I may buy, you know, like my, my buck that I just got this La Mancha, it was born into her, you know, so this lady went ahead, she went through the whole process, got the goats up she needed. And then I got the second, you know, round, I'm like, please, if you have a a male, put me on the list as, as one. And so she can then send that buck to me, you know, so she'll, she'll put it in cargo. And so I'll get a, you know, a four or five week old goat and then raise it. That's really, that's the best way. The other opportunity for us now is we have just started to do a little bit of AI and, um, you know, obviously that's tricky. We don't have a large animal vet or anybody and, and, and I'm not 
particularly skilled. However, the the same lady that wouldn't sell me goats at the beginning of this whole fiasco, we're great friends now. And so she has learned <laughs> how to AI. And so she'll come over and and help with those those things. So she's always like, hey, Kelly, I found these really awesome genetics. I think we need to try them on your goats. And so she has really become a herd manager for me. She loves it so much. And she has yet to lead me astray. So that's that's kind of where we're at. Are these animals that you're kind of selecting for uh, to to bring in? Are are you looking at like like show herds that because most show herds do that testing, or are you kind of just like looking for anything out there that is tested but might not be registered? I really, for me, I want to see a great milk yield. Um, I want to, you know, I want to see some great butter fat, you know, yields there if I can. And I'm looking kind of at it, but, but also a, a, a a solid goat, you know, I think that that's, that's where for a while I was struggling with these really nice registered goats that had a heck of a time making it through an Alaskan winter. And so, you know, like when I work with, with my friend here now, I'm like, okay, I I do want a really nice goat. You know, I really want to have this, but can you also please make sure that we're going to make it through the winter? And this is where I, I'm really big on, I don't have to know everything. I just have to know the people that know everything and, and then lean in hard. So my, you know, my friend Katja, she takes care of a lot of the, the ins and outs um, for me in that, in that way. And I think about, I think it was last year, two years ago, I had somebody come to me and they lived a little bit more north than me in New York. And their biggest concern was that they wanted a black buck and they wanted this black buck. They, it was a Nubian, but they wanted him because they felt the herd that they had, and it wasn't a registered herd, but he was using them for milk production and cheese making. But he felt that when it got really cold, those black animals did better. And it was the heat absorption um, on those black coats that they could stand outside in the snow and just soak up the sun and just survive better than other animals. So in his breeding program, he was concerned very much the color of the coats because that he felt kind of played into how well they thrived. And so are there things like that that you look for or certain characteristics that maybe myself wouldn't think to look for in a her when we were kind of working on which kids to keep, which kids not to keep or where do you where do you go in that when you're growing your herd and adding animals in year after year that's a a great point and you kind of i think with any goat owner we kind of have that gut instinct mm-hmm. you know where you know somebody's like why would you keep that goat and you're like i just that's the goat for me like this is good for me i don't know i can't explain it this is just good and sometimes i i i do feel like i hit that level i mean as silly as and maybe not silly, but, you know, and I'm looking at like the hooves and hooves because it's also really wet. You know, we're a temperate rainforest. Goats hate water anyway, but but keeping 
a good hoof, you know, is, is, is tricky here. So I'll have certain goats. I'm like, Oh, this doesn't work as, as well for us here. Or just even the, I guess I'll look at just utter placement yet again. I really, you know, sometimes it doesn't matter. However, gosh, it can, it can be muddy or there are different things that a goat's walking through places. And I'm like, yeah, I, I, I do care about those things. Um, and then it's always that back and forth with a goat that'll hold enough fat, but not be too fat. You know, it's just, and then oh, that sounds so odd, but here I have, you know, I have certain goats and I'm like, gosh, lady, like, what are we eating here? Um, but, um, yeah, I, I, I guess the general is yes. I, I do look at some of those things and I have some that, gosh, I just love their temperament so much. And I've, you know, the, the, the doe may be getting older and she has, I'm just, you know, you have that hope and a prayer that it's going to be a little doe that'll carry on those great genetics. And mm-hmm. so I definitely have ones that I know they're going to be, they're going to be keepers just because their moms were incredible. And I had, I just, or, and they're quiet. Gosh, I'm right on the city limits. And I'm like, lady, you're not going to make it here if you don't shut up because we are too loud. <laughs> um, so uh, and my, it was interesting. I didn't think that was a thing, but it's been a thing. I have a really quiet, nice herd and I'm just, it must be majority sonnens then if it's quiet. Yeah, right. I know. <laughs> yeah, you say that. So I, uh, sorry, you say that John, but there was that day recently where you were on the phone with me and what did you hear? You heard the sonnen kid, the, uh- registered completely completely sonnen kid talking more than the nubian so i don't even want to hear it i don't remember that yeah yeah okay doesn't, doesn't ring a bell. yeah okay <laughs> Love it. Like- flip side of what you're selecting for obviously selling say excess kids or those that might be too loud and need to go to a different home how, how are how are you doing that on Kodiak, are you trying to find local people? Are they going into the freezer? Like, what do you do with all those excess animals? Yeah, this might get a little bit uh, sensitive. I, I want to be careful, but uh, you can't be in the dairy goat business if you're not also in the meat business. Um, and for me here, uh, people always come first. You know, at the end of the day, that's my number one. And you know, I want to give them milk, but I also want to give them quality protein. And um, we have, I have more of a demand than I can meet here. And for me, it's really important to make sure that I um, am, a, I guess, a good steward of, of the resources too that I have and am able to really help some families. And so that's become a a big part of our farm here. I, I have to be so careful in Kodiak. This is not a farming community. There are people that, you know, would, would want to go, but don't have the resources to be Mm -hmm. able to have them. So I'll end up back again with them. I've tried it a couple of times and I end up back with those animals from animal control. Um, and that honestly is embarrassing. And I just, I, I early on, I decided that, you know, I, and I tell people, I said, oh, nope, I will not sell you a goat here. Um, and, and now, especially we have an accredited closed herd. You know, I have to be so careful as to, um, who, 
just, just what's coming and going. We had a call from one of the vets. They said, Hey, and more people have some goats now on the Island. They're like, Hey, a couple of goats just dropped dead in, in Kodiak. We're wondering, you know, I was like, Oh, I'd prefer no one to come here. Thank you. We are good. You know, and, and we have an outside vet that comes in. I have two that come in and help to make sure that we are, you know, clean and doing, doing well. So I just, um, being an island, not having the resources of getting animals all out further um, can be a little tricky. And right now with the fact that we really have some really great buyers that I, I really feel like we're making a difference in their families' lives um, is good for me. And then that's also how I end up with a lot of goats because I love them. <laughs> I love them all. And I just feel like we should keep them. <laughs> Obviously. Danielle and I like to show our goats, you know, it's no, no secret. Like a lot of yeah. people that come on here, like to show their goats and, and that's all well and good, but you also, you know, were once a 4-H'er that I assume probably showed here and there at your County fair in Nebraska. Is there ever an opportunity or desire to show your goats in Alaska or maybe have your son show goats in Alaska? Yeah, we were, big into showing goats. My mom loved it. You know, she would take us all around in Nebraska to these, these shows. And that's really what attracted me originally to your podcast. Cause it kind of felt like that can, you know, you get a little touch of my childhood, you know, that feeling of all those, those people that you love to see all the time, you know, cause you get to go oh, yeah. to shows and you connect and you get to kind of brag about each other's, you know, goats or other people are just as excited as you are because you're not crazy to them. You know, like it's a, <laughs> a really neat community that you can have. Uh, so in in the short, I, you know, I, I try and do little shows here, you know, and get my kids excited. I have done a farm and ranch internship program where I bring in older elementary, middle school kids and help, you know, teach them about goats and they've gotten into showing, you know, so this year we did a little oh, show cool. just here, but it, it fills that that desire a little bit. And hopefully most of the kids that are here don't stay here. And so I hope, you know, and I always encourage them. I say goats are a great, although they can be tricky, they're learning, you know, but they're a really great animal to have. And it's a positive way, I think, to invest your time and to be thoughtful about, you know, I'd much prefer for them to be looking at different goats and trying to figure out, you know, the, the best breed and, and where they could go as a herd. So I'm doing my best to instill that a, a little bit. And, you know, while Cody, so cool. yeah, while it is disconnected, I know that if we ever make our way back to the, the lower 48, that, um, that's something that I will definitely be doing again. Oh, that's great. That's really cool. Uh, completely understandable. And yeah, that's just, yeah, it's one of those things where for so many of us, it is such a big part of that dairy goat operation. And then ha how we also kind of, like you said, inspire others and get other people involved. And so bringing that important piece of it and developing that community definitely sounds like it fills that hole. I want to kind of switch gears a little bit and talk about the feed that you're feeding your animals. I guess first, what are you feeding them? But then also talk about the process of getting that feed to you as well, please. Yeah. Uh, that's, that's <laughs> 
I, I've, you know, gone back and forth on different, different feeds. Uh, and I, I would do a, the, you know, the Purina milk goat, uh, feed for, for a long time. I've done that quite a bit unless I can't get a container shipped to Kodiak and, you know, or, or the mainland doesn't have it. And so that has forced at times. And right now I'm working with our Alaska millen feed and they have a, a milk goat ration that I use and, and a, um, a textured goat ration that we talk about that I, that I've started to use a little bit. Um, and they're the only, only place in the state that tests their products and has, you know, and being a certified dairy, it's really important to me to, to know that everything that's going into my goats is tested and approved. Um, as far as getting feed and hay, um, that's a, that's tough on an Island. So I order a container at a time, you know, one of those huge, uh, we call it a container, but like a, on a semi truck, that, that's, right. that's what I have shipped. And I bring up hay from Washington through Callaway, one bale and they come in compressed bale. So they're 50 pound bales. And with me ordering a full container, I can get a 50 pound bale for about $30 a bale, 28 to $30 a bale. Um, and I'm not even sure like how that rates to the lower 48 now. Um, one bag of feed costs me about $40 and <laughs> about 13 of that is just shipping for each bag. Shipping is $13 to get wow. to me. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, this after the end of COVID our, our hay, when I talked to my distributor, they're like, I am so sorry, but hay has gone up by 60%. And I was like, What? what it what and and so that those are those situations too where you're like oh i have to make good choices i've started to feed a lot of chaff hay um it's expensive however i find that they the 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 waste level is much lower um mm -hmm. with our with our goats and so i've i've been feeding way more of that lately um as well so yeah feed feed can get a little expensive. Do you have to offset the price of your products just to, so you can kind of meet bare minimum here? Yeah, that's what led us to really pushing against doing all the time fluid milk. So again, um, grade A certified, you have to have a specific type of bottle. Well, we got to where the only distributor that would ship to me on Kodiak Island that I could get with a quart bottle. So one quart bottle as much as I could handle at one point still cost me $4 per empty bottle to get it to me. So it, it was $4 before I filled it with anything. Cow. So yeah, it gets to be, and those are some of those great, I think you're just like, this is really, really hard. And so you're trying to keep the prices as low as you can. That's, that is what's led to, you know, more of the, the the cheese and um, doing some of these other areas. I know I have the potential to do, you know, more milk or different things if if need be. You know, if there was a catastrophe that arose. But as far as for me, the day to day costs um, just get pretty high. Yeah, that's going to be kind of stressful. I can imagine to 
have to pay that kind of cost for feed just to keep your animals going. I'm sure that's that's not a fun bill to get, I'm sure. No, no, it's no, it's not. But you know, in Kodiak too, so like uh in during watermelon season, I'm still gonna pay $25 for a watermelon. Mm-hmm. You know, so mm-hmm. just the cost of living can be a little bit higher too here. I'm sure it's I'm sure that my cheap butt would be like, all right, I'm going back down to the Lord. Lord I I just get agita. I'm sure. Yeah. It gets, it gets a little, but you know, it's, it's all at the same time. You, I don't want to say it's a game, but you do. And that, you know, that actually goes into too, with the goats that you have, you know, you keep your easier keepers compared to your really tricky ones. Now there are a couple that I'll keep to the grave, you know, that that's just part of life, but you try and be as smart as you can with herd maintenance. Mm-hmm. I, I also make it a point, you know, getting milk replacer to Kodiak is really expensive. So I'll um, feed back my, my goat milk. And so I have, you know, try and manage being able to feed the kids and also, you know, produce a product. It, it's, it's just a, 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 I don't, a game, I guess that you just play back and forth and, and we're doing okay. Yeah. You know, we're, we're, we're making it and it's not, you know, we did hit you know, that 60% increase, you know, makes you take a step back and look, look at things a little bit differently, but that that's how we all are with our animal. I think that that's every farmer and you, know, and, and you've all had to deal with it too. You look at an impossible situation and you're like, but yet I love this way of life. I love what I'm doing. I'm going to figure out a way to get to yes. Just got to figure that mm-hmm. out. Is there anything that you can get from Kodiak in terms of feed or kind of like those nutritional resources for your animals or is everything have to be brought in for the most part it's brought in we have tons of you know bear berries branches you know the the the, just the uh the forage i guess is pretty great i'm always so careful though because it's inevitable that i let the goat the dairy goats out and then i end up with a a cut on an udder, you know, and I'm like, oh, of course, like this, of mm-hmm. course, happened. but we, we've increased kelp production. You know, I have a kelp farm, which is in the ocean, right out my window. I can see their buoys, you know, and I send away to get my granulated kelp and I'm looking at it. Like there's got to be a way to keep this right here on the Island, you know, to, to be able to, so that's, that's one that we're kind of looking at right now. Um, so hmm. it, there are some potentials, you know, we have a cattle herd and it's 100% grass kelp fed at this point, you know, but um, goats with their production, I just haven't quite gotten to that point yet. Yeah, for sure. You got to make sure that the protein's balanced and the fat. Exactly. And all that. Yeah. Yep. I'm going to transition here a little bit. I grew up watching Animal Planet, like I was huge into Steve Irwin and all those guys, right? And Discovery Channel documentaries, everything. You know, the scenes with, like, rows of brown bears sitting on a bank waiting to snag a salmon, you know, those kind of, like, documentaries. And also, like, the Timothy Treadwell nightmare fuel of a documentary. Do you guys have, like, huge issues with those top apex predators that are brown bears. So there are lots of Kodiak brown bears on Kodiak Island. It's a, a lot. Like right now, I lived here 15 years before I saw a bear. 
like it was, they were not around and they have definitely migrated down closer to our community. You could drive out, out on the road, go about 15 miles and see 11 bears right now. If you were here. No, we- no, no. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It gets a little, the, um, this year we have had really great luck not having the bears are around. Um, last year, my, my worst, my worst situation, my worst nightmare of a call. I get a call and it was from a neighbor and they're like, we just saw a mother bear and three cubs and they're headed through your pasture going your way. And it's interesting because, you know, like, oh my, I, my first reaction was like, I run out of the house and my husband's like, what's happening? I was like, there's a bear at the goats. I'm going, you know, and it's, it's just so like, what are you, you're dumb, Kelly. I hopped in my little side-by-side and went down there. And sure enough, that mother bear was right in front of the dairy with her three cubs. And I started laying laying on the horn and I, I, they, they went the other direction. We have a big hill that goes right to the ocean. So the goats are up, we're about 90 feet off the water, but you go up a pretty big hill. Um, they went back down the hill and I thought, this is great. They're going to go to the beach. And they took a hard turn left right to our barn. And then they kept going up the hill to where all my baby goats were. So I, I probably have 30 kids up there and a mother bear and her three cubs are running directly at them. And the big thing is I don't want them to know they're here because if she knows she'll be back. And mm-hmm. Kodiak is very big on protecting their bears more than livestock. I, I would not, what? I would not bode well if, if I did something to that bear, it would be a bad day. So we chased it up through and that bear probably came 20 feet from all those kids. And we just were yelling and screaming and getting her through and, and she moved on and, and didn't the, and then it was probably, is it? November, November, I I have a little corgi dog and she's like my biggest bear deterrent. And she's like an eggplant. What do you mean? Like a bear looks at her. "Mm." She's like, she's all about it. And one morning I was like, oh, she's going crazy. And I had a, one of my neighbors that was down there like, yeah, we saw a bear. We watched it come all the way down the hill and it put its front paws on your goat's fence. And it looked over and at all your dairy goats. And then it got down and moved on. And I was like, really, you didn't think that like, you'd probably like try and get rid of the bear like that. And sure enough, the footprints, when the sun came up, it had snowed and the footprints of that bear were all around, but it didn't, didn't do anything. My best line of defense is that most of the bears that come into my area are trash can bears. We have only had to shoot one bear and it had killed a pig and it was actively running directly at um at us and and we still were investigated by the state troopers and felt like we were going to jail we're like oh it was coming at us um so yeah we do yeah we definitely um have bears that is the only one the one that we did it was the only one that was aggressively coming at us and my kid had just been riding his bike down the same road like 20 yeah, so we do we we are right on on the edge um uh, of that. Thankfully, we've been okay. No, this is that's crazy. <laughs> I get a phone call from my neighbor that's like, "Hey, I just saw a black bear going down your driveway." And I grab a gun and I grab my farm dog Collie, who's big, and I act like Saruman's 
armies coming down my road, right? Meanwhile, you're just like, yeah, I just grabbed my side by side and honked the horn. That's nuts. And this is, I'm talking about little black bears, not these huge brown bears that are just immense animals. I couldn't. I couldn't. No, thank you. (laughs) Apparently, I just discovered Alaska life is not for me. Yeah, it's a, it's it's something. Speaking of that Alaska life, kind of looking at it, uh, and because it's breeding season now, do your does cycle very similar to how does would cycle here? Does the lighting change things? I mean, because you have days of all light and days of all dark, correct? Yes. Yeah, we do. That's that's a really a really great question. And, and I hadn't thought about it tons, you know, like I, growing up, my mom was the dairy lady, you know, and I helped her all the time, but she was the brains behind everything when it comes, came to our goats. So, you know, when I got up here and was like, oh, I'm now the one, you know, here we go. I, I, that, that thought didn't really cross my mind so much. And I was like, okay, well, I'm going to, you know, I want to spread these girls out to breed so that we can milk 365 days. And, and, you know, so I'm having some kids in, in the fall and I'm, ha- and somebody came up to like, how do you get your goats to do that? And I actually do think it is because of our extreme lighting issues that we have. Um, I, I can put a buck in with a doe and, and be about guaranteed that in five months we're going to have kids. Um, and, and I think I just, poor girls are probably just desensitized from it. Now I have gotten to where I try to, I, I don't, this last year I had the bulk of my kids in January. And then I had another group in May and the weather was better in January than it was in, in May really for us. Um, and so I've, you know, go back and forth as to when the best time to kid for us, but all in all, sorry, I, I, I digressed. It's, I think that because we do, we'll end up with, you know, 23 hours of light, you know, and, and about 20 of dark, they just kind of don't really think about it much. And I keep lights on all the time because of the bear situations and things. I just, I can look from my house and see the dairy goats. And I just want to be able to actually see what's going on down there. And it's about a, I guess maybe a hundred yards from me where, where I'm sitting right now. But, um, so I keep lights on more regularly, but in the summer, you know, this summer we didn't have any days really over 55 degrees all summer long. Oh, I'd take that. <laughs> I would take that. That sounds lovely. So we had, a, you know, it was a chilly summer and we don't go below about 25 in the winter. So we're kind of the, the tropics of Alaska. You don't go below 25? Yeah. Can you believe it? Wow. We get colder than you. We, oh, like, we get like the, the, the polar vortex. You guys, yeah. You guys, ha- you have it way harder than we do in the winter. Oh, man. See, now I'm kind of back on the See, now you're going back down the road, maybe. Yeah, maybe you're in Alaska. (laughs) With that weather, though, does, like, I'm assuming, like, the time frame that you're kidding out your goats is still, like, fall's breeding season, spring is kidding season, you know? Maybe maybe you have it go a little bit longer, so you have a little fewer, like, pauses in lactations. So that way you can still keep producing milk and cheeses for your customers. Right. But yes, you're, you're a hundred percent right. You know, 
this year, I think I'm, I was, it's funny listening to you guys talk about like, it's interesting how dairy people all are similar. Like I sit here and pine, like, okay, when are we exactly going to breed the girls and how do I want to do this? And, you know, you're thinking about all the potentials and that's, that's really where I'm at right now, but I think I'm going to push us just a little bit further um, down and actually have everybody take a, a two month break this year, except I'll, I'll keep one, you know, for myself milking, but then try and take a little break and then kid out. Hopefully when the weather is a little bit nicer in, in May and June this year. Anyway, See, I don't know if I could hold off until May or June for nicer weather. I don't know. I know. <laughs> I know. And so you got, you have a, you have a ways to go. You have like two months before you're even thinking about breeding goats. Well, normally like last year I did, I had kids in January and I opted not to do that. I'm going to milk through. It's so bizarre. I don't know. I don't have any good answers. I just, <laughs> I just doing my best. I still haven't decided. I might, you know, but like tomorrow I may decide like, Oh, to heck with it all. We're putting in the bucks. Let's do it now. Like we're going for it. <laughs> Yes, that's that's gonna be me. The next doe that cycles, I'm gonna be like, all right, we're doing it. Yep, here um, we go. Today's the day. You also have a Jersey cow on your farm. We do, we do. What she is? is what are are you gonna be making her a cheese maker too, or producing milk for the cheese? Well, she she's an A two A two, and you know, the more research I did, I realized, oh, I can use some of her milk for some of these kids as we're getting into the the mix of things. And so I, I, I'm, I'm going to, you know, use her a little bit for, for my goats as well, as we're getting, you know, as I'm feeding kids, but another part for us, it's really common to have empty shelves in Kodiak. Um, like we don't, we don't need a pandemic to have empty shelves. We just need a couple of days of bad weather and the barge will skip us for a week or two. And we have pretty bare, bare bones. Um, I wanted to have, we, we like butter. And we like cream too. And so I wanted to have that option. We also raise pigs, you know, so I wanted to make, you know, trying to be as a little bit more self-sufficient, be able to provide a little bit more of our own human feed and animal feed. That was where I'm, I'm going. I have never milked a cow in my life. Hundreds of goats, never a cow. So this might be a really, staying around, this could be a huge, this may be a huge Kelly mistake. Well, do, you, do you plan on hand milking her? Well, I think I'm going to use a machine, but okay, I have to, fine, I, yeah, I have to. I have to make a couple of changes changes over in the par parlor a little bit. But I've yeah, she won't fit on your milk stand. Fan. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Yeah. Nope, pretty sure she won't. So anyway, <laughs> be, stick stick around. Maybe like this cow thing is not for me. I'm going back to my goat. I mean, I'm going to obviously be milking the goats. Are I'm not going to leave my ladies but my we'll ladies see. it sounds like that uh tiktok this is my lady jess <laughs> i'm a crazy goat lady I, I mean but you guys you get it you get it oh yeah listen we're we have a podcast about there you go we get it like we get it <laughs> yeah uh, Danielle, did you want to ask another question before we kind of wrap this up no oh i think I think I'm good. I, I just, it's just such an amazing experience. And I do really like this idea that in some ways it is so different. I mean, things you have to think about that 
we just don't have to think about at all or just the level of complexity for resources or even bringing in animals. But then at the same time, there's still that underlying passion that we all share. And so I just really appreciate that in this conversation we had today because it's more or less, for me, it feels like a completely different world, but it's still that passion for dairy goats. And I'm just happy we got to talk about it and kind of, and I got to learn all what we did today. Yeah, seriously. And I do have to ask one more thing because like I said, I discovered you on, on Instagram or it could have even been a uh, shark farmer. I don't know which was first, sure. uh, his podcast, but, um, when when are you gonna like i mean your stories and your reels do great on there like you get enough traction i'm surprised you haven't gotten a call from discovery channel yet saying hey we want to do a, a tv series <laughs> with you like okay. is that the next step here i'm not sure you know we had dr oakley yukon vet come and do some filming with us these last has it been last two years we actually season 12 just came out and we have an episode coming up where we did a an udder surgery like a, 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 I had a goat that had kind of a, a little prolapse and I was looking at her or a, I'm not a pro, I don't know. Anyway, Dr. Oakley and I looked at it and we're like, we think we can do this. And it's really cool. I mean, spoiler, like she's a fan. She's right back on track. Really great. Her, her left side was really decreased in her milk production. I was really, I felt like I was going to have to not keep her. And she's like my favorite goat. So of course. that's it. Anyway, Dr. Oakley, UConn vet, we, we have an episode coming out with that. Um, and we had a, a couple, but gosh, there's a lot guys. I don't know that I could do it. It's like those people, they're something like I just, well, yeah. <laughs> and like, like everything's not really real. That's always, ha- you know, I guess, I mean, we actually did the surgery, but you know, there's a certain level of like with us, with our, our animals that I'm like, uh, no, my, my goats absolutely trump you today. Like, we're not, we're not doing this. I don't know. It's just Yeah. Could you imagine like, we need you to refeed these goats again so we can get that shot a little better. And you're looking at your goats and being like, no, you, these ones already ate way more than they need. Like it's not <laughs> happening. Well, and you know, it was interesting. We had where she came and she was going to deliver a goat. And I kind of, and I thought, you know, here's this great vet. She knows all these things. And I had to pause. And I, I really did think I was like, if she, if she doesn't get this right, I'm stepping in. Like, it's not worth losing a kid over because I, I would trust either of you before, you know, somebody that doesn't do it near as much, you know, that you're like, I oh, know we know our, our animals and at the end of the day, you're the best vet for, for, well, I know you need to have a good relationship. I want to be careful in how I say that, but. No, but there we do have, you know, like between knowing your animals and what's going on with them, but then also kind of that, I don't want to say common sense mentality, but the practical mentality, um, you, you, it's a dairy goats are a, like, do what you can. And then, Call the vet when you can't. And it's going to take you a lot longer before you'd call a vet, I bet. You know, because you just know your goat. You know these situations, mm-hmm. you know, that and and there are things at this this point in your animal husbandry that probably when you first started, you wouldn't have felt comfortable with. But today you're like, I got this. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. You know, I was petrified of 
just budding goats. And now I, I was on my first season of doing it last year, you know, on my own goats. So I get it. Yeah. Do they just like, do they just call you up and they're like, hey, we need an episode where uh, she she helps a, a goat deliver. And, and they ask for like your goat's schedule and what day works they for them. Kind of, this one, they were kind of curious. Yeah, they were like, do you have any goats that are due around this time? Like, what kind of things might you have for, uh, you know, for us if we were, you know, to come? Um, so, hmm. you know, they, they they do kind of this. There's one episode, one season, though, like it was our first time with them. I accidentally ran over my son's dog while they were, it was horrid, like horrible. It's, it's, it, they got it all. Like they saved his life. It was, it was incredible all, all in the horrifyingness of it. Um, so that was a, you know, like that was actually like legit. Wow. This was a, this was a really good thing that they were here for, but normally, you know, we kind of plan ahead. Like I sent him the picture of Jesse's udder and I was like, you think you maybe could fix this? But they, they brought the whole TV crew into the milk parlor and my oh, goats, yeah. like, uh, absolutely not. This is not going to fly. I mean, it was the worst milking day of my life. And then I paid for it for the following week when they all dropped production. Cause they're like, we no longer trust you. You're horrible anyway. Oh, wow. <laughs> it's, it's so interesting and, and, and crazy. And I mean, I mean, I guess, hey, that's that's Alaska and Kodiak, huh? Yeah, well, hopefully sometime if you all want to take a vacation, we have a, a little apartment you can hang out in. Well, we can talk goats and you can, you know, hopefully not see too many bears. But, you know, <laughs> if, you ever, if you ever want to come up, the door is always open. It just takes a little bit of intentionality to get here. But we'd love to have either of you come up. Ringside hits the road. Oh, it'd be super fun. Oh, yeah. No, that would be, oh my gosh, that would be amazing. So Kylie, we both know Kylie. She lives in Australia, right? Mm -hmm. yes. Yeah. Yes. We always talk about trying to get her to Kodiak too. And so we could just, we could like have a on location retreat weekend, something or other. I don't know. Think about it, guys. It uh, I like your thinking. I like your thinking. If any <laughs> listeners would like to fund this, uh, <laughs> you can get it. Good idea. <laughs> We just need a couple of sponsors. We can do it. <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> we'll figure out a catchy title. Yeah. Uh, it'll be some kind of symposium. It'll be great. Absolutely. I'm there. <laughs> well, <laughs> Kelly Foreman of Kodiak Goat Dairy. If people wanted to find you on Instagram and anywhere else on the internet, where can they do that? It's at, it's at Kodiak Goat Dairy. That's the, that's the very best place um, to go to find me and you can kind of jump from there. But I, I, you know, I, I originally, I do a lot of stories and to be honest, it, my mom feels like that she's like living precariously through me. So I always feel like I'm putting them up there. So I do lots of stories um, and you can really get a pretty good snapshot shot of, of our life that way. So yeah, that Kodiak Goat Dairy. Absolutely. Yeah. I I'll click on your stories at the end of the day for me and you've got most of your day up there and it's like wow that was a really cool it's almost like sitting watching a youtube video but it's on instagram you know yeah, we have, so, it's a, we have but, a lot of fun with it well thank you so much for joining us it's been a pleasure and and i hope that uh you have a brown bearless winter <laughs> and <Thank> everything <laughs> danielle if people wanted to find us on the internet where can they do that you can find us at dairygoatpodcast.com 
You can find us on Facebook by searching Ringside and American Dairy Goat Podcast. You can find us on Instagram if you search Ringside Podcast. And Ringside Podcast is also what you would use on TikTok to find us as well. You can listen to us each Monday or whenever you listen to your podcast, wherever you listen to your podcast, whether it's Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, we're there. And while you're there, be sure to give us a rating and a review. We really appreciate it. Perfect. Well, everybody, this has been Ringside, an American Dairy Goat podcast. I'm John. And I'm Danielle. And watch out for the bears. We'll catch you on the next one. Ringside, an American Dairy Goat podcast, is not an affiliate of the American Dairy Goat Association. All opinions or information regarding the ADGA does not represent the registry.